For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Right now. Yeah, Rod's not here, so I'm hosting the show. How about that? NHL playoffs all week. We're going to get that graphic on a mug, I promise. If For those of you that are listening live, we got a little cardboard cutout and taking over Rod's show for the week. He is busy doing better work than I am uh, in the recovery world. So it's the week that Rod's away. but Not uh, better, just more important. Yeah. More important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's he doing again? He's, it's he's, a recovery. He's getting more certification on the recovery oh. coaching side. So, Well, that's pretty important. That's pretty important. Yeah, he's helping a lot of people. And we had a good talk about that last night. You know, Rod and I were in Swift Current last night for the Black Tie Hockey Draft. We did that from our studios last year because we, could, we couldn't leave our homes, so everybody videoed in. Um, but the regulations have lifted a little bit, enough that we were abiding by everything. We were in three different locations, Louis D's, the Buffalo Brew Pub, and the Railway. And Rod and I were at the Railway, and we all did it on Zoom. So you had, you know, five or six teams in one place and six or seven in the other, whatever was, you know, following the rules for social distancing. And it was a wonderful night, all coordinated through Zoom. Everybody had a great time, masks on, you know, at the tables. Uh, Mike Sillinger was there, good to catch up with him and Mike Tate. And uh, Tiger Williams was there. And let me tell you, I mean, he was having a lot of fun last night, but I couldn't believe it. It was we, a shocker. We were watching, and I couldn't remember if it was an American feed or if it was the Canadian feed, but there was a, there was a game on the screen. And Tiger, you know, comes over, and he's visiting with Rod because Rod and Tiger are really good friends. And he looks up, and he said, looks at the screen, starts shaking. He said, man, that guy is such an ass kisser. And he says, that's the one thing I'd never be. He's, I'd rather get hit by a semi. Than be an ass kisser. And that's Tiger. How about that? That's Tiger, Will- Tiger Williams. I'm going to tell you on the air who he's talking about, but I'll tell you off the air who he was talking about. Okay. But just funny, right? And these guys were just having a great time throughout the night, but I couldn't believe it. But that's Tiger. And he will take those values to his grave. But he's the same guy he's always been in. So that's. That's doing a hockey draft in Saskatchewan. It was for a great cause, the Dr. Irwin Noble Health Foundation. So uh, we were there doing our part last night in Swift and had got a lot of windshield time in to tell a lot of stories. So Swift Current. Love Swift Current. By the way. My wife's family all live there. Eh? That's my, we, we go there quite a bit. By the way, if you go to Rod's Twitter, we, ha- we were leaving town. And he, he looks, and we're driving down Main Street because Rod hasn't been to Swift Current in a while. And last time he was in there, he probably had the police escort out of town, right, when the Pats were playing the Warriors in the playoffs in 2007, I believe. But we're driving down, and they still got the Christmas decorations up, the lights and the little shooting stars. And in the, Swift? In Swift Current. So he's looking, he's like, Swift, are... Do we have to have a talk? Are you going to take your Christmas decorations down? So he, he had to pull over and get a photo of it, and he put it on Twitter. And then just... Well, you know, their slogan is <laughs> Swift Current, where life makes sense. Yes. But that doesn't make any sense. No, but the reply did. The one reply is, well, by this time, it's already late May. Might as well just leave them up for next year already. No point in taking them down now. So uh, COVID lights, COVID Christmas. It's like an extension. It, just like an extension. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's uh, Jim DeConey and the folks... Uh, in Swift, do a, a heck of a job and really treated us well. I'm glad it went well, and uh, I couldn't believe uh, took a while for the Pittsburgh Penguins to get selected. Sidney Crosby lasted until like the third round of the playoff draft. That one blew my mind. But uh, welcoming you in, big news of the day was um, the tweet by Bob Young, which we'll get to a little bit later on in hour one. But right now, I think we're going on in the video chat. Mitch Love uh, is connected and ready, head coach of the Saskatoon Blades. Um, and there he is. Mitch, how are you? 
Good, Darren. How you doing today, man? I'm doing really well. Doing really well. Uh, man, it's been a, quite the last three days. Not for you guys on, on the junior hockey circuit, but how about these NHL playoffs? I mean, we just saw a video. 12,000 people in Carolina. We saw that Tampa, Florida game in front of 9,600 and the emotion. I mean, let's go back there because to me, that screams your kind of game. Well, it almost looks like it's normal again, doesn't it? You know, it's, oh, man. Uh, it's great. It's great to see. Obviously, um, you know, a lot of people have uh, had to sacrifice a lot of different things over the last year of, of this global pandemic. And, and it's great to see that, you know, um, you know, the world's somewhat getting closer and closer back to normalcy. And, and uh, that's just a great example of, uh, you know, the passion of the, of the fan bases that are, uh, especially here in the United States right now, that are allowing fans to get back in the building and, and cheer on their uh, their hockey clubs here in, in a great time of year, which is the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. It, it feels to me like, not that hockey hasn't been back, but when you see that, hockey's really back, right? When you see those, those fans in the stands and, and they're throwing rats on the ice in Florida. And, I mean, that's hockey, right? I mean, what's, what's the, the, the feeling up here when you watch that? And you have to play in a bubble or, or a hub. We're going to see, you know, the, the game start up tomorrow in the, in the North Division in front of no fans. Is it envy? Is it disappointment? Is it what's, what's kind of the reaction when, as, a, as a Canadian working in hockey, watching south of the border and, and they're wide open? Well, I think there's just uh, right now, there's just a lot of things that are out of people's control in the in the hockey industry in Canada. Right. I mean, um, yeah, with everything that's going on with the vaccination process and and covid still being, um, you know, relevant in our world. Um, it's it's out of those athletes control. And, and that's I'm sure been the message, you know, as they watch these hockey games here in the United States and what's going on down there and and seeing the fans um, and maybe makes them a little bit more. uh you know, a little icing on the cake for those whatever Canadian team's going to get a chance to come down to the U.S. and play in front of some fans, uh, you know, if they, they move on out of the North Division. Mitch, uh, the Silver Fox, Kelly Rempel, is here with half a headphone, and he's got a, que- he's got a question. So it just it looks like he's dialing up the old uh, wartime. I don't know what he's doing. But... I don't know what kind of show they're running here. Paul, you got to get some equipment. Look at this thing. Unbelievable. Anyways. So I got a question. I, I was fortunate enough to get accredited to watch the the games in the hub. Uh, I thought the hockey was absolutely fantastic. Um, do you think the quality of hockey exceeded your expectations a little bit with no Europeans and there was 15-year-olds? We don't normally see that. But to me, it looked like Western Hockey League action. The kids were competing hard. Um, there was no fans in the stands, but it didn't necessarily translate into boring hockey from my perspective. But you're closer to it than me. What What did you think? Well, I agree with you, Kelly. I, I thought the hockey was really, really good. Um, you know, I would say the first six weeks or so, it was it was very intense, um, very emotional, uh, very competitive. I thought there was a bit of a lull in the games um, when when the league announced no Memorial Cup and no no playoffs. I think there was a bit of a lull, and that's I think that's as expected, you know, with these young kids. I mean, you take something away from them or something that, you know, for, for all these years that we've been used to playing hockey, there's always a carrot at the end of the trail, and that's playoffs or winning a championship. And so I think that was it was expected. Um, but that being said, it was still, you know, competitive. Uh, it was right down to the wire in terms of, of teams playing for the division. And um, it was just great to have back and, and, and our kids. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of coaches would say the same thing in our division uh, we're just proud of the commitment level that was made by those kids to, to go in there and sacrifice two months of living in a dorm. And, you know, it, it became a little monotonous at times, if I'm being totally honest. And, and they did a great job, and we're extremely proud of them. You know, you, you kind of touched a little bit on where I was going next. If you could maybe just expand on that a little bit, I'd be curious to know, like, I, I'd be willing to bet that, that none of you, not one player, coach, trainer have ever experienced anything like that before, Mitch, where you're literally, I don't want to compare it to prison. I mean, let's, let's not get carried mm-hmm. away here, but you're not allowed to kind of have a life. You know, you're living in a bubble. Every meal is catered. You're, you're not really allowed to be out and about. You can't see your friends. You can't see your family. It's, it's just a different type of situation. By the end, did you find that it was starting to get to people a little bit, yourself included? 
Yeah, I think so. I, I thought there was times where it was, you know, again, and like I mentioned earlier, it became a little monotonous. Um, you know, we, we were a little limited on what we could do around, you know, the city, obviously, and around the dorms in terms of being outside. And, um, you know, I think from a hockey coach's standpoint, like, all we did is wake up, have our coffee, watch video, prep, review, get ready for the next game. What's practice look like? What 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 what's today's development model for our players? Um, so it was okay for us, you know, as coaches. But you know, we're we're in charge of twenty five athletes and and staffs and making sure that everybody's doing okay mentally. And and you know, it was it was a bit of a challenge. There's no doubt about that. You ask any of those kids, they'd probably say the same thing. And. You know, everybody did a great job getting through it safely. You know, um, not having any COVID cases during the two months is, is outstanding. Obviously, Amazing. commitment level by the league, the health authorities and, and the ownerships uh, to make this thing happen was outstanding. And um, it, it was it was quite the experience. Hopefully something we never have to experience again. <laughs> no kidding. Well, that's that's just it, right? I'm with you on that. I mean, to go to the rink every day as a broadcaster and not be able to interact with any players, any coaches, or have any of those conversations. That's, that's not why we do it, right? I mean, the games are fun, yeah. but it's the whole experience, right? That, that makes it that much more special. But talk about the World Juniors is, is kind of the next thing on my list because, you know, you're part of that group and, and had such a great time there. Now that we look ahead, what's the plan for the summer, the summer camp? And where that where that group will go preparing for the the 2022 World Junior Hockey Championships? Yeah, I, I think again, Darren, a lot of this stuff hinges on you know the health authorities, um, you know, across Canada and what what that looks like. Um, you know, I know typically over the years there's there's been a tournament in Plymouth, you know, where they bring over Finland and Sweden and the U.S. and Canada and compete in a mini tournament for ten days. I, I'm it's highly unlikely that's probably going to be a case again. Uh, this this summer, um, you know, a lot of the stuff we did last year in preparation for the 2021 World Juniors was, you know, virtually. Uh, we did virtual camp, a lot of scouting through video to try to pick our roster to have a summer camp. Um, I, I'm I'm still a little bit in the dark on on where things are at with that right now. I think a lot of people are just the way the world we're living in right now. You got to be flexible and, and patient with what's going on and. You know, we'll we'll see what happens here probably over the next month. I know the big commitment right now for Hockey Canada is obviously the World Championships over in Latvia, and that'll be exciting to follow for everybody right now, uh, along with the NHL playoffs. You know, the other thing, too, is the roster and what that's going to look like, the makeup of that World Junior Hockey team. And, you know, I'd love to get your thought because I look at the roster last year, and if you weren't a first-round NHL draft pick, you weren't playing for Team Canada. You know, there, we had gone away from having undrafted players be part of the team, but with the Western Hockey League... I look specifically at that 15-year-old group this year. I mean, yeah, Connor Bedard gets all the pub and what he did at the under-18s. Mm-hmm. And that's the question, right? Does Connor Bedard, you know, does, in your mind, does, does he fit into the World Junior team? And do you see him playing? But there's other 15s that, you know, are probably deserving of being part of that group. They'll be in their 16-year-old year. You've got a good one in Saskatoon. Uh, Moose has got a great one. There's, there's a lot. So do you see this group getting younger pretty soon? Well, it's hard to say, you know, like um, if you just looked at the big picture, like kids in the OHL not having an opportunity to play hockey this year. And, and then, you know, a lot of the, you know, upper echelon players of the O3 group got a chance to play in the under 18s down in Dallas there a few weeks ago. And, you know, that was the only touch of hockey they've had in the last year, which is unbelievable to think about when you really break it down. And, yeah. Um, you know, I, I got a chance to, to whip down to Dallas for a few days and uh, at the conclusion of the hub and, and, and watch Canada play and, you know, watch some international teams play as well. It's great hockey to watch. And, you know, it was interesting when I got down there, I kind of asked a few people how Connor was playing. And, and um, you know, they were kind of like, ah, he's young. He looks, he's 15 out there at times. And then, you know, I watched the last game of the preliminary for Canada <laughs> and then the three games that they played in the, in the uh, medal round and he was outstanding. <laughs> you know, so I, I, you can never say never. I know he's 15 years old, but he's a phenomenal hockey player. Um you know, I'm sure he's going to be knocking at the door, especially after that performance at the U18s here uh, at, a, at a camp invite. But again, a lot of those decisions are out of my hands. Um, and but I can tell you, man, if you're a, if you're a fan of any of those teams in our division, the East Division next year, like, man, what what a crop of players coming up with the Jaegers and and Mullendikes and and Bedards of the world and 
I'm sure I'm missing guys, but Benson, there, there's our division's going to be very competitive the next few years. And, and if you're a fan of these division, that's going to be something special to watch. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I can't I can't wait to see where it goes. Uh, Mitch, we'll let you go before I do. What was what was the first thing you did when you got out of the hub in Regina? What's the first place you went? First thing you did? <laughs> well, I stayed at Colin's house uh, the night what? I got out of the hub there in Saskatoon because I knew I was getting out of town uh, quickly after our exit meetings. And I had that doesn't sound like something that you would plate. celebrate, right? Going to Colin's house <laughs> after. A- yeah, you know what? I just uh, like I had a quick couple days before we we exited the you know the city or whatever, and, and had to get down to the, to the United States here to watch some hockey and and whatnot. So I had a big fat steak uh, that he that he had on the smoker for me at his house, and we had a quick visit, and I, I was out of dodge. So it's uh, back to normal life here. Good. At least he treated you well, Mitch. Appreciate this. Uh, have a great summer. Looking forward to getting back to the rink here in the fall. Yeah, you guys as well. Stay safe up there, and we'll see you in the fall. You bet. Mitch Love, the head coach of the Saskatoon Blades, joining us here on the video chat. We've got a couple minutes, Kel. Uh, and I know we're going to let you go here after this, this break. He's on the original telephone. It looks like he was on the original. You know, you pick up the, the earpiece and talk. You know what i got to deal with. I come here and do this for free. Get, <laughs> and, and they give me, like, what? Is somebody not paid their, their, their bill at Best Buy or something? Or what the heck is going on? <laughs> I'll be running errands after this. Um, <laughs> Tell me about your. Uh, I wanted to talk about the hockey thing, but forget about that. I wanted to talk about your dog and his Sunday morning coffee. He loves it because he, loves it. he, as soon as he sees that cup, and I'm not even making this up. Any day. Yeah. We okay. So we drink Caliber coffee around here, but we also promote, you know, being a yeah. variety of choices. You have yeah. your morning Tim Hortons on uh, well, they're Sunday locally morning. Owned. Yeah, Maybe locally my owned. Old, my wife's old boss and good friend Peter DeStassi owns the one over here on Vic. friends. So we go through. Do you know Peter? Good guy. So we go through the drive-through and we get the coffees. Come home, and our our uh, angry wiener dog Teddy, he just gets just so pumped. He and he will. It's annoying to some extent because the whole time you're trying to enjoy your Tim's double double or my wife's tea. He just sitting there, staring at you, like vibrating, waiting for you to finish. So you keep trying to calm him down and talk some sense into him. Like just, you know, you'll get your Tim's, but just relax. So then you set the cup down. He picks up the cup. He always runs to the same spot in the grass. He kind of peels the top of the lid off and he sticks that snout <laughs> into the bottom of the into yeah. the bottom of the cup and he just he drinks the rest of the coffee. He loves it. I saw I that. that. Tips it and then make sure he cleans out the lid Everything. too. Oh Everything. yeah. Everything. And he and if there's five people with Tim's cups, he does it to all five. And he's know. really dainty too about how he kind of <laughs> puts his teeth on there and pulls off the lid and Leans it in a certain angle, puts his paw in her, and yeah. yeah, it's 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 fantastic to watch. They really should make a reality show for him. <laughs> it's I, on your Twitter account. His headset works, by the way. <laughs> it's on Cal on uh, the Silver Foxes uh, Twitter page. You can go watch the video right now, Cal. Uh, enjoy the summer. Hope we see you soon. Well, I'm um, hopefully we'll see you before the end of summer. Yeah. Hopefully, you know what? Hopefully, we see you in August at a at a mosaic at stadium. a football game. I'm Can't tell you it'll be a CFL game. But Scott Moe says there'll be something in there with a full crowd. So, <laughs> well, that's good. We'll see you there. All right. Thanks All right. for having me, Darren. Always we'll ta- a pleasure. We'll take a break. And the uh, public address announcer, the Carolina Hurricanes, will tell us what it was like being inside the building with 12,000 screaming hockey fans because it's been, geez, well over a year since we've been able to do that. We'll do that on the other side. It's Rod's Week Off on the Rod Peterson Show here on Facebook and YouTube Live and uh, 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey everybody, Rod and Moose here. Breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. Moose, we're here. We're holding it. If they don't believe me, <laughs> there it is. Listen. 
I've been using the Lawnmower 3.0 for what? A couple of months now? Yes. And I love it. What did I say in our last podcast? Chat about this. No cords, no clanky razors. You know what? This is handheld. It's sleek. There are no cords. It's got a 90 minute battery life and a headlight. Yeah. But you now have the 4.0, and I have Ooh. to admit I'm a little jealous. Oh, What do you like about yeah, it? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, that's why we're doing this in the dark, so we can test out the headlight. It seems to be uh, not even that loud. Oh, Sounds loud there, but it's actually not that no, loud. It's, it's right uh, up against the microphone. I'm excited. So uh, we're gonna You want to know what's new about it? There was only one size trimmer on the 3.0. Now there are four. Oh. There's a travel lock. You ever traveled somewhere and your razor's been on the whole time and when you get your destination, your razor's dead? Mm-hmm. This has a lock on it, so that doesn't happen. There's a lot of other things here. As looks-wise, it's sleek, a two-tone matte and gloss finish. Even features a hot foil stamp black chrome Manscaped logo. But more important than that, it's got a ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, which alleviates those little nicks, those little bumps, Honestly, it will change your life, guys. And we're asking you to order now and join over 2 million people worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. All right, welcome back to the Rod Peterson Show. Rod's week off. Darren DuPont here in the big chair. And now we are just going to hit cruise control. The Silver Fox has adjourned, and uh, we're going to take you right to the top of the hour. So it's going to be a lot of me, a lot of you. We may bring in producer Clark to help tee up tonight's games for the overtime segment. We're really going to get into your comments, too, throughout the remainder of the program. So that'll be a lot of fun. But uh, we're going to get to... uh, uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, public address voice Wade Minter. But first, let's go back to last night and uh, take you inside the arena in Raleigh, North Carolina. Wade, Wade Minter joining us from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, the uh, public address announcer for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. That was last night. I, I saw that this morning on Twitter as I'm getting ready for the show. It, I watch it again. It gives me chills. I can only imagine what it did for you inside the building. It was amazing. Um, you know, we've had about 5,000 fans in the building for the last third or so of the season, and they've been doing the work of 10. Uh, I've seen the building completely full. I've heard how loud it's been. The 12,000 fans we had in there were doing the work of 20. And it was after the year and a half that we've had and uh, everything we've been through, amazing to see the towels waving, the people getting loud. Uh, Really emotional moment. It's got to make your job easier too, right? That's what you do it for, right, to get a crowd excited. I mean, were were you doing the same job in an empty building? Absolutely. At the start of the season, there was a handful of players, kind of friends and family, but I was sitting 10 rows back of the penalty boxes uh, with my microphone and a makeshift table and doing the whole show for nobody. Uh, And I had to really kind of change my approach and make it a little more TV friendly because that's where everyone was watching from. But it is a spooky feeling hearing your voice echoing around an empty arena and seeing the players on the ice and hearing that every play at the blue line is offside. I didn't know that until there were no fans in the building. Um, And so it's been a journey this year. You can't do it the same though, right? I mean, when there's nobody in the building. So we had the hub in Regina for the Western Hockey League. And and I was listening to different radio play-by-play calls throughout the hub. And the announcers, I mean, they're in an empty building. So they hear their own voice echoing. They're calling the game differently. There's less excitement because it's almost like you're, try not to be too loud because this is a library and everybody can hear me and I don't want to be too, it's kind of weird. When there's a full building, you can almost yell into the mic, right? I mean, that's kind of got to be the same feeling and last night you could let it loose. Absolutely. Uh, it, it is a very different feeling when you're there and there's either nobody or just a handful of folks and, and the acoustics are different and the reaction of the crowd is different. But last night with 12,000 people in the building, 
uh, all yelling their hearts out. It felt like real playoff hockey in Raleigh again, and uh, I hadn't felt that since 2019. So what's it like in Raleigh, in, in the community in, in North Carolina? Wide open in terms of COVID restrictions, in terms of getting back to normal, wearing masks, not wearing masks. Where's Carolina? We, were in that, we were, went to Nashville um, yesterday. We went out to Nashville on the video call, and they're wide open too. You know, so same thing in Carolina? Very similar. Um, you know, we've probably got about a half the population's had at least one shot. As you get into adults, that gets a little bit higher. But Governor Roy Cooper, a huge caniac who sounded the siren for us last night, uh, has basically said, you know, if you're vaccinated, you can be inside, outside, without a mask. If you're not, you know, honor system, you need to continue to wear one. And I think you're seeing a mix of businesses and events here in town that say, you know, we're wide open, come in, however, or, you know, we're still requiring masks at the business level. And I think by and large, people are doing their best to respect it. I mean, people have been cooped up for a year and a half now. It's certainly taken a toll on everybody kind of psychologically. But, you know, with the vaccine supply available, the Canes were actually running a vaccine clinic inside the arena last night. I think that we're we're taking a step towards normalcy. At the NHL level, as a public address announcer, how much do you get to watch the game and follow the game? And how much are you, you know, calling goals and assists and, and, you know, are you doing sponsor reads and any of those other elements where, okay, most of your job is, you know, okay, I'm getting the next read lineup, waiting for the next commercial. Or how much can you actually follow what's going on on the ice? I spend a lot of time watching the game. Um, You know, their goals and penalties. I've got a few scheduled reads. We're kind of doing about half of our normal show in terms of sponsor reads because things are still a little bit on the weird side. So I do have a little bit more time available to watch the games. I'm kind of up there as a, as a spotter for the production crew, telling them what I see. It was a lot easier to do when I was between the penalty boxes at ice level. Now I'm up at media level because of the league's COVID protocols. But I do get a chance to, to watch a lot of the game, watch the crowd, kind of get a sense of how things are flowing, which informs how I present my announcement to the crowd. So I try to, try to be as in tune with the game as the fans are to give them a good experience. So that being said, the reason I ask is, you know, what are your thoughts recapping that game one win by the Hurricanes? Really glad to have Jacob Slavin and some of our other regulars back. Um, the team is, it's a really good team. And I think going 10 years without the playoffs in Raleigh from 09 to 2019, there's a little bit of PTSD from the fans. Like, are we actually good? Are we going to be disappointed again? And I think, it, I think people are finally starting to realize that, yes, this is a an, an exceptionally good team. This is a cup contender and, you know, you can kind of relax and enjoy watching them play. And you felt that a little bit in the first couple periods, you know, Nashville jumped out to an early lead. Canes tied it up. It was kind of neck and neck there for a little bit, but the Canes talent opened it up in the third period and you build a comfortable lead and you could kind of feel a just general exhale from the crowd that, all right, game one, we can do this. Uh, it's a really fun team to watch. They're balanced up and down the lines. They've made some changes in the roster, I think, to address some shortcomings that they found in the bubble last year. And I think this team, if they play well, is a legit cup contender. It uh, could have went either way, right? When that game was tied and the Canes were playing really well, that two-on-one, when you see Saros made that save, but the play continued and it led to the go-ahead goal, I, th- I think that was the game, right? I mean, you're playing well, but you're in a tie game, and Nashville's kind of finding a way to stay in it. And they could be like, what do we got to do here? But you get that goal on the heels of a big save, and it kind of that almost broke the, the Preds, didn't it? I think it did. You know, watching from up top, I was like, no, yes. And right. You feel the crowd kind of react to that. Uh, Trip Tracy, the Canes color analyst and consummate wielder of the shovel, had a similar take on it during the post-game radio uh, broadcast last night and that, you know, he played goalie and said, as a goalie, if you make a big save like that, what you want to do is get to the next whistle so you can enjoy the save, get your confidence. And Saras made an amazing save on a point-blank shot but didn't manage to get to that next whistle. The Canes uh, broke him on a nice bounce and it seemed like just kind of the air went out of the team at that point. So I do think you're right. That was a turning point for the game. It was all Canes from that point on. William Works is watching on Facebook, says Stahl was a monster last night for the Canes. Yeah, it was. That goal from just outside the goal line, I mean, to go upstairs like that. The building, I mean, must have hit the roof, right? 
Yeah, my wife was sitting uh, basically parallel to the goal line down on the glass, and she had a great view of it, and she was texting me, like, how did that go in? And I think a, a great story for the Canes this year is the resurgence of Jordan Stahl. You know, he's always been the guy you send out to have the toughest matchups uh, as a forward. You know, he's your shutdown forward. He's the guy you trust to take a face off in the most challenging situations. But over the past few years, he hasn't really been a producer on the offensive side of the score sheet. And he's really had a career renaissance this year. Uh, you know, 38 points, 16 goals, consummate leader on and off the ice. And I think that his play elevates the rest of the people around him. It gives you a third line that's now a threat to score as opposed to just being a shutdown checking line. And two goals in game one. What more can you ask for the guy? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, unbelievable stuff. Uh, what's what's it like in Carolina now in terms of the hockey market? How much are are you getting you know asked about the team as you're going around town? How much are people talking hockey? You know, a little little bit north and a little extension, but I think we're going to see that starting to come more and more in Florida. This great series with the Panthers and, and the the Lightning that's a game old, but it just seems to captivate the market. Is it growing? Are we seeing that that impact of the, of Canes hockey? Absolutely. You know, three straight years of playoffs is translating to a lot of interest in the community. Uh, everyone's getting on board. You know, there are three very distinct cities in the Triangle area. There's Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill, and each of them are embracing the team. You're seeing Kane's uh, memorabilia across the state. And I think that after being shut in and you know, sports being as weird as it's been for the past year and a half, People want something to rally around, and the team, as successful as they've been, Central Division champs, third in the league overall, is giving the community something that they can rally behind, especially as the playoff runs coinciding with a reopening of a lot of the you know, restrictions. It's a way for people to, to let off all of that pent-up energy for the past year and a half. And, you know, the Canes opened a new practice facility near the airport in during the pandemic. And that's already full of youth and adult hockey teams playing the, you know, youth programs are blowing up here. We're having kids from the area getting drafted the 20 some years of the Canes in the community, I think has bred a really loyal and excited hockey market here. Just looking PNC arena, 18,680 for hockey capacity. When, when do you think we'll see sold out? That's a good question. You know, the original plan was wait until June 1st and see kind of how things are going. The CDC here in the U.S. changed their guidance a, couple, a week or so ago, which led to us being able to have 12,000 fans in the building as opposed to just five. It wouldn't shock me if the Canes continued on a playoff run that, you know, you might see something change in the second or third round. You might have full capacity if things continue to go well and people keep getting their shots and being responsible. You could have a packed building at that point. The Fun. league uh, is mandating a certain amount of airflow in the building, and it uh, could be that if we add a few more airflow units in the building, that's the thing that opens it up. But, you know, the appetite is there, and we're hoping to have as, a full house as soon as possible. Unbelievable stuff. I'm going to watch that video in a loop all afternoon, by the way. Uh, Wade, uh, It'll get you hype. Yeah, no, it does. I appreciate this. I, I'm jealous. I'm envious that you're in that building to watch playoff hockey. We'll watch it on TV for now, but I appreciate you taking some time. And hopefully we can catch up uh, during a long Canes playoff run. Absolutely. I'm always glad to virtually cross the border and see y'all. So thanks for having me on. Great stuff. Wade Minter joining us from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, play-by-ear uh, public address announcer of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, 12,000 Caniacs in the building last night for the 5-2 win over the Nashville Predators. Uh, there are a few games in the league tonight. Minnesota is in Vegas for game two. The Wild lead the best of seven series, one nothing after that one nothing overtime win. Tampa's in Florida for game two tonight. Really looking forward to that one. The Islanders are in Pittsburgh for game two of their series. The Islanders winning game one in overtime. And the Vancouver Canucks are home to Calgary in a game that we're all excited about we're not that game is at four o'clock eastern that's two o'clock here in the sweatpants capital this afternoon they're going to get that out of the way i think they got one more tomorrow and then they'll right clark or is this the last one carolina vancouver sorry calgary vancouver this is the last one right tomorrow night 
They get they play. Yes, there we go. Tonight and tomorrow afternoon. So. Uh, yeah, to this afternoon and tomorrow afternoon, they'll get they'll wrap up, and we'll kind of put that to bed because it's kind of the games we're not really talking about. Um, we'll get to more of your comments here too because uh, it's just us and you the rest of the way. As uh, Jennifer wants to talk baseball, is that right? We're gonna bring Clark out to talk some baseball, just to throw in a little baseball. If you see Kevin Pilar take the ninety-four mile an hour fastball to the face, yeah, that was scary, but he tweeted out that he's okay. And uh, thanks, everybody, for the support. So uh, there you go. We'll start teeing up tonight's games in the NHL uh, the rest of the way. And uh, on the other side of this break, we got a sports update and uh, a look back at Bob Young's tweet. We'll get more of your thoughts next. It's uh, the Rod Peterson Show on Rod's Week Off here on Facebook and YouTube Live, Game Plus TV Network, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. All right, not Rod, Darren DuPont in here. And we are just sailing, you and I, for a little while here. Um, Right to the top of the hour. And viewer takeover can start a little bit early. We'll get to your comments as we roll. Bill Lothian's watching on Facebook and wants to let us know Canada's 3-0 at the World uh, Mixed Curling Championships. The doubles, Brad Gushu and Kerry Einerson are rolling in that one overseas. So that's really exciting. Um, Wayne Grolo is watching on Facebook, says he could see the Canes being one of the final four in the Stanley Cup uh, semifinals. Yeah, I could too. And Kelly Rempel and I were talking about that in one of the commercial breaks. What is going to happen in the final four? We don't know yet. And I believe nothing's been announced by the National Hockey League. We've got some time to get there, but nothing's been announced yet. And it's been brought up on social media a lot about are we going to see this massive home ice advantage for the teams in the United States where you'll play a game in in Carolina and a game in Winnipeg with no fans. Carolina packed. Well, I don't see teams traveling across the border freely for games. There's talk of a bubble. That could happen. That's probably all I see is a bubble, um, potentially. Um, But I really don't know what we're going to see for the semifinals. So, It'll be really interesting to watch to see where the vaccine rollouts go and if Edmonton or Toronto, probably not Toronto, but if Edmonton or Winnipeg um, is allowed any fans in their buildings. I know the Oilers had applied um, some time ago to to allow some fans, but uh, we'll continue to monitor that situation. Um, The tweet this morning that's making news is from Bob Young, the caretaker in Hamilton. There it is. I got to pull it up on, on my computer here. Just give me a second because I can't read it that far away, but leave it up so everybody at home can read it as you're watching the show. Uh, he's quoting a Three Down Nation article talking about a lack of confidence around the CFL that the league would play football in 2021. And this is uh, from Arash Badan. He was alluding to hey, there's a schedule inside the league and some people think they're going to play, some don't talking about league personnel and team personnel. Well, Bob Young, the owner of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, says this is just a silly tweet. He says, of course there will be a CFL season. I cannot speak for anyone else in the league, but this is the part to to pay attention to. But I can guarantee the Tiger Cats will play. Although if no one else plays, I suppose we might even win the Grey Cup this year. And that prompted Simone Lawrence to quote tweet it and say, it's an O versus D party with a laughing, crying emoji face. But Bob Young guaranteeing the Ticats will play football in 2021 and saying that the CFL will play. Now, he's not speaking for the rest of the league. Scott Moe in Saskatchewan has said that there will be a full mosaic stadium at some point by the end of the summer. Does this mean the CFL is going to play? Does it give you confidence they will play? Right now, uh, Ontario has said no capacity, no, no fans in, in events, no outdoor gatherings until Labor Day, early September. Jeff Kabilis is watching in Winnipeg, says not Winnipeg. COVID numbers are high, but we'll see in a month. I think that's the case, right? The best case scenario is we'll see in a month. We'll see in two weeks. We're going to live in a different world a month from now than we do today right? 
right now in Saskatchewan, it's 16 and over are eligible for vaccines. So we're going to have to play this day by day. I don't know. Does that mean that Bob's willing to pay for Hamilton to be in Winnipeg or be in Saskatchewan for a hub center? I think all indications are that I don't think there's a willingness to pay for a bubble because it's really expensive and it's going to take a long time and it's not going to be a lot of fun for the players and, and the staff when you got to go through it, you know, from August until December, a December 12th Grey Cup. So that's what's making news this morning. We're going to follow that tweet throughout the rest of the week, but uh, we're also going to get to teeing up tonight's uh, NHL games in overtime. And so we'll get your thoughts on what's going to happen tonight. Tomorrow will be a big day because the Scotia North Division kicks off their playoffs. So uh, we'll do that. But first, let's get to a sports update. Big battle in the American League East. The Toronto Blue Jays open up their first series of the season against the Boston Red Sox tonight in Dunedin, Florida. The Blue Jays are second in the East, one and a half games behind the Red Sox. It's the second last home series in Dunedin for the Jays, who will move to Buffalo, New York next month. Three NHL playoff games on the schedule today. The Pittsburgh Penguins look to even their series against the New York Islanders after, after, the, uh, after dropping game one. The uh, Tampa Bay Lightning carry a one nothing series late into game two of their series against the Florida Panthers, while the Vegas Golden Knights trail one nothing against the Minnesota Wild heading into tonight's game two. Canada's Felix Auger alias Seam is out of the Lion Open in Geneva after an opening round loss at the, or sorry, at the uh, French Open tune-up event. In, uh, in Geneva, the seventh-seeded OJ Aliassime lost in three sets to world number 88 Lorenzo Musetti of Italy today. Musetti broke OJ Aliassime in the final game to win a match uh, that lasted two hours and 45 minutes. And let me just refresh this. Roger Federer was back on the court. He lost to, to, uh, in his second-round match in the round of 16 earlier this morning. So Federer is out of that of course, I was going to get a tennis update in when Rod's away. And here's the update from uh, the curling. Canada's Kerry Anderson and Brad Gushu are rolling at the World Mixed Doubles Curling Championship. They're 3-0. They improved to 2-0 after a 9-6 win over Germany uh, in Scotland and uh, then won their game earlier this morning to improve to 3-0. And the NHL's regular season isn't quite over. The Vancouver Canucks host the Calgary Flames in the second last game for both teams today. The teams are playing while the playoffs have started in the U.S. because of a COVID-19 outbreak for Vancouver earlier this season. They'll wrap up uh, their schedule tomorrow in Calgary, and the NBA play-in tournament action begins today. The Indiana Pacers host the Charlotte Hornets. While the Boston Celtics entertain the Washington Wizards. Winner of the Boston-Washington game will get a spot in the playoffs. And the West play-in games begin tomorrow. Your sports update is for Caliber Coffee. Regina and Saskatoon get some of the freshest coffee beans around delivered right to your door. Order at calibercoffee.ca. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. We're getting close to a break here and we'll tell you that we'll bring Clark out. We're going to tee up the games tonight in the NHL. We'll get you set for tomorrow where we're really going to dive into hockey and tee up uh, game one of the Scotia North Division Winnipeg and Calgary. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll do that coming up uh, tomorrow when we get into the North Division. But uh, we'll tee up the three games in the NHL playoffs on the other side and uh, get to more of your questions and comments uh, in the viewer takeover set, uh, segment in overtime. It's the Rod Peterson Show on Rod's Week Off here on Game Plus TV, Facebook and YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. The rock star of the day yesterday was Peter Lobardius of Sportsnet, the fan, Radio 960 in Calgary. Today, I don't really know. The rock star of the day for Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions may, might be Blake Nill. I 
Really like connecting with Blake. Uh, back in hour one, Mitch Love, Wade Minter, Kelly Rempel. They were all here today. The rock star of the day uh, for Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions, specializing in improving your company's performance and bottom line through supply chain management services. So we'll have the rock star of the day tomorrow. Producer Clark's out in the sidecar. Yes. For the overtime segment. We're uh, here. Yeah. I mean, he could be the rock star of the day, too. Uh, sure. I'll take it. Why not? So I haven't won one, I don't think. So there sh- you, maybe one. You might have won one. Maybe one. Um, three games in the NHL tonight. And that's kind of where I want to leave this. And we'll get to your comments. If you have anything, get your comments in on Facebook, YouTube, or the Prairie Mobile text line at 306-840-8777. we got a couple of uh, texts that have come in. Uh, Frank in Toronto, one more time, says, Sir, the CFL is dead in Vancouver to Montreal. MLS has taken over. It's over for the CFL. Ouch. Yeah. Tell that to Bob Young. Let's get Frank and Bob Young in a, in a face-off for you Ultimate Fan Zone and the Mad Greek Moose Jaw. Let's get them in a face-off. That might be the way to go. Uh, take it. Metal Shingle Guy, hey, dupes, I feel sad for the players. These high rollers stringing them along. Mo was just dangling a carrot to get vaccinated. CFL, big three don't want to play. Um, he didn't say CFL would fill the stadium. He just said the stadium would be right. full. Could be a concert. Well, we... I mean, in Rod's uh, weekend leftovers, he said Rams Huskies. Right. Why not U Sports? I mean, Blake Nill was back in hour one, and they're, they're full steam ahead, working towards getting ready for a season. But there's a lot of time to talk about that. And, uh, yeah, Donna Berger says, ouch. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's tough. For Wayne watching on Facebook, hey, guys, Wednesday can't come soon enough for me. Both series in the North should be a good series. Dakota Pally on YouTube says... Good show, boys. See you tomorrow. Game day. Go Jets. We'll be, uh, we'll be game day coverage tomorrow for Jets and Oilers and on Thursday for the Leafs and Habs. So that will be fun. But tonight, three games in the NHL. Uh, the Islanders are in Pittsburgh. Tampa's in Florida. And uh, Minnesota is in Vegas. Let's start with Islanders-Pittsburgh. And we got an update from Rachel, our intern, who you see in the pre-show every game. Penguins fan, by the way. So she gave us the injury report. Penguins backup goaltender Casey DeSmith is out still. He will not dress tonight, but I don't think it matters. Tristan not Jari's, Jari's the guy. In. No, he's running with it. So I don't think uh, the backup goalie is a major concern right now. Evgeny Malkin dealing with the knee injury. Game time decision. But he previously worked on his own prior to the optional morning skate with skills coach Ty Hennis. So maybe we'll see. Evgeny Malkin in game two. That would be big. I can't imagine he's going to sit out if he's even close to playing. If he's close to ready, he's going to be in the the lineup. Who's the top-pairing defenseman who appeared to get banged up in game one after blocking a shot? Also a game-time decision. Is that not Letang? Demoulin? Who's playing with Letang? I don't even know. Demoulin is, right? Um, No update on the status of Islanders' number one goaltender, Simeon Varlamov, for tonight's game. Um, The first game on Sunday... The second playoff matchup between these two teams. The Penguins, yeah, of course, upset and swept by the Anders in 2019. She's got a really great update here. But tonight, game two, Crosby in game one. Did you see the one-handed? I mean, yeah, Crosby's doing magical Crosby things. You're, we're used to seeing that out of him from nowadays. And uh, I was actually talking to uh, some guys. I was on a podcast the other day. And, uh, you know, they were saying how Sidney Crosby is the Canadian version of what Austin Matthews is for Leaf fans. Like, they've been seeing it for years, and now Austin Matthews is doing it for the Leafs with all these crazy goals where you see him knocking it out of the air or whatever it is. And uh, so I, I think Penguins fans have been a little spoiled, Rachel. Yeah, she writes in, and you're right. She says, yes, Brian Dumoulin. We Brian got it. Dumoulin. Nailed it. So Brian Dumoulin is the... I uh, won the trivia question today. On that top defense pairing. So hopefully he's good to go and the Penguins will play. Of course, I think around here, I'd have to say we're probably an Islander show. For the most part. The Eberly factor. The That's Eberly the only factor. reason, right? Yeah. With Rod, the Eberly factor. I like Crosby. I mean, we, we do... Um, I don't know who I'm pulling for in that series. I, I picked the Islanders to do an upset just because yeah. I think they have such a good structure and they're 
they just play so well defensively. And, and Barry Trotz, you just anytime you have Barry Trotz behind the bench in any series, you just never know. Uh, but every time I see Matt Barzell, I still get a little bit of a pain in my chest from the Seattle Regina Pats series from oh, a few yeah. years back. Uh, and you were there too, so you know yeah. you know what it was like in that series with Matt Barzell and the Seattle Thunderbirds here in town. But uh, I, I think I picked the Islanders. Maybe I was just being a little a bit of a contrarian, but. Here All right. right, we're inside 90 seconds. Vegas, Minnesota, game two. There's got to be more goals. You'd think so. It's a goaltender battle on that one. Cam Talbot, Marc-Andre Fleury. It sounds like they're not sure who's going to start for Vegas, so I guess we'll have to see. Okay, not sure who's going to start. We know who's going to start for the Florida Panthers. It's not Sergei Bobrovsky. Chris Dreger, the uh, Winnipeg native, gets the start for Florida tonight. It's also his 27th birthday, Ooh. but this isn't crazy. Because he's played almost half the games. Bobrovsky stopped 35 of 40 in game one. Um, he split with Dreger during the regular season. Bobrovsky played 30 games. Dreger played 23. He also was 2-0-1 against Tampa in the three games that they played. And during the season, he had a 9-19 save percentage and a 2-32 goals against average. No Sam Bennett, who was a stud for Florida. A real stud. Are we going to see... More of the rats on the ice in Florida, I hope so. You have to think that both of those teams are going to be so fired up after what happened last game. Uh, everyone's calling it the game of the decade, uh, basically. And uh, just to come back for game two, new goalie is going to be a fired up a- atmosphere, I'm pretty sure. It's yeah. be interesting. Now it's 90 seconds. We had a little oh. more time than I originally Thanks thought. Thanks a lot, guys. It, rushing it, us back there. It's okay. Rod's predictions. I wanted to get these in. His opening round predictions. He had them on his weekend thoughts. Scotia North Division, Winnipeg, Edmonton. Oilers in six. Montreal, Toronto. Leafs in five. Honda West. Minnesota, Vegas. Golden Knights in seven. They've given Vegas trouble. St. Louis, Colorado, Avs in six in the Mass Mutual Division. Rod's uh, got uh, for Boston, Washington, Capitals in six. Islanders, Penguins, Isles in seven in the Discover Central Division. Tampa, Florida, Rod's got the Lightning in seven. And Nashville, Carolina, the Hurricanes in five. Quickly, Squadcast tonight. Who's yeah. on? Uh, Rachel Dory is coming on the show tonight. She's a great Twitter follow if you are a hockey fan at all. She used to work for the New Jersey Devils, so she's going to come on. We're going to talk playoff hockey. Uh, and Daniel Wapple is going to come in as well, former WHL goalie. Uh, many of you know him from there, and he now has increased athletics. We talked to him on the Rod Peterson show a couple weeks ago. He's going to come and pump that as well on our show. Tomorrow on the show, Amanda Ruler is in studio. She'll be in that chair. Alan May on the Capitals Bruins. Dustin Nielsen ahead of the Oilers and Jets. And Josh Donnelly, the U of our Rams. Thank you so much to everybody and for you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow on the Rod Peterson Show on Rod's Week Off. We gotta get you a pen. (laughs) Are we brainless? Yes. Yes. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Viator.